What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders, from ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities. CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov slash careers. Good, how are you? I think for me, I would look at that from a macro level and then a micro level. You know, do I believe in, in the plan? Do I believe in the pathway at the macro level? Absolutely, absolutely. But I think anybody who would sit here today and say that at the at the micro level that this is going the way we want, you know, that they wouldn't be they wouldn't be telling the truth. Essentially, you know, I'm bitterly disappointed, as we all are, and incredibly frustrated, to be honest with you. Um, at the results that we've had this year, at the position we are in the league at this point in time. I don't think it's an accurate reflection of the talent that we've got uh, in that locker room. And it certainly is not where we want to be. And I think with that comes the necessity to really take stock and to make some difficult decisions. Um, we've got to look at this holistically and, and kind of examine what exactly is needed to get us back on track. And I think was, as we look back now, 2021 needs to be the standard. That needs to be the standard at, at which we accept nothing else. And quite clearly, we're not there this year. You know, we weren't, we weren't there last year either. Anytime we miss out in the playoffs, that's, that's not what we want. You know, that's not, not where we want to be. Um, obviously, we missed out by four points last year. But to be as far off the pace as we are right now, albeit still in with it with a shot, and I, I think that's a very important thing. But we are clearly not where we want to be. So we are going to take stock of that. We have been. We're going to make the difficult decisions that are needed to get us back on the pathway. But from an overall perspective, in terms of the type of club that we want to have, the standards that we're going to set, the demanding nature that we're going to impose, um, I still believe in the pathway, and I still firmly believe in the plan to get us there. But no, this year has not been good enough. It's not been acceptable. Uh, and that's something that we are very, very motivated to, to rectify immediately. Is it working? 
Or Pat Pollard, Bernie Wave. Um, paragraph four, sentence two of the Rapids Way reads, quote, uh, we must also be held accountable when things are not going the way they should, end quote. I think it's fair to say from your last answer, 2023 has not gone the way that it should. Where, when, you, when that was written, where was that meant for the accountability to come from, and what does that accountability look like right now? Yeah, I think... I love that. I love anything that's going to come from from the Rapids Way. I think we're coming up on the the sixth anniversary of the Rapids Way at this point in time, and I think it's easy to look at that as a as a particular moment in time, but of course it's not. It's meant to be an overarching piece that looks at, at the type of club that we're going to be and, and how we're going to how we're going to perform. And the success that we had in in the latter half of 2019, 2020, and 2021 obviously came hot in the heels of of the Rapids way and, and the changes that we made starting in the off-season really 2018 um, and, and building that group by bringing in the likes of the Diego Rubios, Keegan Rosemary, Jack Price, you know many other players that formed the backbone of the success of that team. When we look at it now the accountability, the accountability is there for all of us, you know it has to be there for all of us and I think the difficult decisions that we need to make now and that we've already started to make, they are tough but they're necessary. And I think that's it. And as I said, back in 2019, I see a lot of similarities to that in terms of, you know, when I went into that group in 2019 and said this isn't an 07 and 2 team, I firmly believe that. You know, I really did. And I think they quickly showed that they weren't an 07 and 2 team. And I think that's what we're looking at now is I don't think the, the record this team has or the position they have in the league is reflective of the talent that's there. So I think what we've got to do is, is understand what's driving that. Um, I had a, a long chat with the the senior players, and we've got a kind of a senior leadership player group. I had a long chat with them on Friday, and we, we kind of talked about the, the standards that we need to drive here at the club, and the demanding nature that we need to really in, in ensure is there. And we talked about getting back to that. You know, I think I spoke the last time we, we chatted. I spoke about the St. Louis game, and how disappointing that was for me. Um, and that was really. What I meant by that was the approach on the field in terms of the, the attitude and what we saw. And I didn't think we matched St. Louis for some things that I would consider to be base level requirements. The effort wasn't there, the urgency, the intensity, the boldness wasn't there. These are the hallmarks of what made this team so talented and so good in 19, 20 and 21. And they're the fundamentals that we need to get back to. So when you talk about accountability, we all have to look at, at you know the role that we have in this, and ultimately we have to make some some tough decisions as we move along through this. So obviously, if, if I'm saying that it's not acceptable, we're going to make changes. You know, we are going to make changes. That started with with um, you know some of the moves that we've made in this window. Obviously, we've brought brought quite a few players in, but we've also moved on from some players, and, and there will obviously be more to come in, in the off season as well. This is going to be. To a large extent, a, a tradition is there's a lot of players who've been here for quite some time. Now, they've got 11 games to go this year, and 11 games is still a lot of time for us to do a, a, a lot in this league. So we're going to have to see how, how that plays out. Um, but we're certainly not going to rest until we're back where we want to be. What feedback are you getting from Josh right now? What feedback am I getting from Josh? Josh yeah. no, I think, I mean, look, we were with Josh in, in D.C., and I think he's the same as us. He wants to win. So we've got to make sure that we're making the, the necessary uh, adjustments to, to put ourselves in a position to do that. Um, I wanted to go to just one thing that was in that same rapid space, as well as something that you said here. So in that, a big part of that was attack-minded, forward-thinking players. 
players. You guys are last in the league in goals scored. Fans at home have been subjected to a number of zero zero draws. You're seeing the feedback of people who are losing interest within the club because of the experience, because of the type of play. And then you say, we want to get back to where we were in 2021. Um, you haven't won an advance in MLS Cup. This team hasn't achieved the goals that were set forth in that. So under what metrics, other than a Western Conference title, would you say that you've achieved that goals? And do you think that you're giving fans the type of product that you said and that the club is investing to get that type of offensive product? There's a few different questions in there, so I'm going to kind of parse them out. I think, you know, what we talked about in the Rapids way was that we wanted to play an attacking and entertaining style of, of football uh, and that we wanted to target very particular types of players. So players that had, you know, high level soccer IQ and players ultimately that played with, with urgency, intensity and boldness. You know, that's what we talked about. Now, I think from a from a goal scored perspective, um, you know, I'm a big believer, obviously, in, in the numbers and, and looking and using statistics where possible to kind of evaluate what's going on. I think you look at that over you know a wide period of time to get a true sense of, of what is what is happening. Now I think you know going back 2019, 2020, 2021, we were consistently in the top ten whether it was goals scored or or expected goals um, scored. So that was going quite well. Obviously, you can't finish top of the West if you're not producing good football. I don't think anybody who watched us then would have been unhappy with the the style of football and and the. Um, the entertainment that was on offer at that point in time. Even this year, if you look at it as, as, as disappointing and frustrating as it's been, we've underperformed our expected goal metrics by some some distance, but we are still in a in a relatively good spot from an expected goals perspective. We just haven't finished. We haven't we haven't done the most important thing, which is put the ball in the back of the net. And obviously that's why we've gone out and brought in a you know a DP striker at the nine position and, and we're incredibly excited to see how he goes. It doesn't help, obviously, when you lose Diego Rubio for pretty much the entirety of the season. You know, he contributed 16 goals last year, six assists as well. So a huge part of your, you know, your attacking threat. And I think we see that in this league, right? We understand that, you know, in 21, when Carlos Vela was injured for LAFC, they missed the playoffs. You know, in 2022, Pricey was out for us and we missed the playoffs. Gail Kinder was out and, and Polito was out for Kansas and they missed the playoffs. Paolo was out for Seattle they missed the playoffs in a salary cap league missing you know one of your key players one of your top players is a tough blow it's it's difficult in a salary cap league so missing Diego Rubio this year was a real tough blow for us and I, and I think that's borne out in the fact that we've underperformed the expected goals numbers but the expected goals numbers are still there you know so I do think there is still attacking in, intent is it where we want it to be absolutely not you know absolutely not and I think that's that's very important that again we put the the emphasis on ourselves to rectify that you know the attackers are, are well aware of that you know they don't need reminding that they're not finishing some of these chances but I do think as we look into the last 11 games of the season Diego coming back uh, Navajo coming in you know that's pretty important you're adding two very potent uh, weapons to your to your strike force there so I would like to think that that we're going to improve greatly in that area in the, the second half or the, the final third of the season I would say um, with the roster basically being now set for the season uh, for 2023, how would you grade yourself in terms of putting the team together on the field? Any missed opportunities or uh, you know, maybe moves that you point to as, as a big success? Yeah, I mean, I think as we look at it, when you plan out the course of the season, you obviously have the roster in, in full in mind. 
and I think again that's something that's been difficult to fully um, judge this year you know I think Jack Price was you know just a, a couple of minutes into the game against Minnesota obviously when he came on that he that he tore his Achilles that's a devastating blow I mean he'd been our MVP four out of the five years he'd been here you know and then obviously missed last year which is why he probably wasn't then so to lose him was was a real blow and then losing Diego as well you know for both of them to be out uh, was a challenge I think as we looked at it the, the aim, we, we certainly had our, our focus on adding a couple of players in, in the summer window. And I think what we didn't, um, or what certainly hasn't gone to plan, was the fact that we are not as close to contention as we, we wanted, needed, and expected to be. So we felt that the group coming in now would have been adding to that, you know, and would have been improving on the position that we were in. So while we're obviously thrilled to be able to bring in the players that we did, you know, Gutman, Illich, um, Navajo, and Tavares, we're disappointed that we're adding those on to a, a team that isn't where it needs to be uh, in the standings right now and in the rankings. So that's that is incredibly challenging. There were a couple of other moves as well in the um, in the summer that, that didn't quite uh, end up getting done. We had a a deal agreed for a, an attacking player out of the championship in England who unfortunately um, didn't pass his medical. And then I think it's been kind of widely reported we had a deal agreed with Caden Clark as well. And just unfortunately, the paperwork coming back from Germany on the last day, it wasn't possible to get to get that registered. The window, while the window itself was closed, free agents are still available, and we are still actually active at the moment in, in discussions with with a couple of players with a view to coming back in. I think it's one of the key things here, as, as I reflect on the season, is the injuries. You know, and I'm I'm very quick to to, to parse those out. Right, there's things you can control, and there's things you can't control. Um, it's not possible for us to control Jack Price, you know, rupturing his Achilles or the fact that Diego needed knee surgery and then and then work on his back as well. But I, I do look at the the muscular injuries that we suffered this year, and that was troubling to me, greatly uh, troubling to me. Because if you look back at 20 and 21, I'm not sure we suffered a muscular injury all year. And I think you know this. The old saying about the best ability is availability and obviously when you build a squad you build a roster it is important that they're all available because that's that's how you get the strength of that roster and the benefit from that roster so we've, we've taken a deep dive at that um, i think many of you will know steve tashian from his time obviously with the the u.s men's national team but obviously he was with greg burhalter in columbus and was with everton in the premier league before we recently brought steve in as a consultant to do a full deep dive review um, on the performance of medical uh, areas to make sure that we were leaving no stone uncovered in terms of making sure that we were doing what was right and what was needed to put our players in the best position to succeed on a, on a Saturday night and to be available for a Saturday night. So that's something that, that is ongoing at the moment. Um, again, with, with the aim ultimately of ensuring that we do have a full roster to look at because that's, that's the critical thing. If you're putting a roster together, but you've only got three quarters of it or you know less available at any point in time, then it's very difficult to get the most out of that roster. So that's been very important to us to, to tackle that uh, and to make sure that that's, that's put in a good place. Then uh, you mentioned uh, we are, you know, it's a definitive statement that we are going to make changes, there will be changes. Um, that was in reference to, to roster building, but you know, how wide will that scope be? Are you talking front office coaching um, and sort of yeah, look, I'm, I'm not happy with anything right now. You know, I'm really not. And I think it's important 
you know, for us to reflect on everything and make sure that we're reviewing everything. I, I think this this starts with the standards. This starts with getting us back to getting us back on track with the plan that we had put in place originally, which led to the success. So I would say there's a there's a keen awareness and acknowledgement in terms of like we know how to build this, and I think coming out of 21, it was very frustrating in hindsight that you know look you're going to lose good players when you're a good team you're going to lose good players I think that's that's natural you know we lost the likes of an Austin Trusty and a Sam Vines two of the top young talents um, in this league and you know they're they're doing tremendously well now in Europe but it's a hard thing to replace that type of player so I, I look at Austin's example you know in particular we brought in two of the the top young left-footed centre-back prospects in this league, in, in Gustavo and, and, and Buba. You know, Kate is just incredibly unfortunate. You know, tears his, his ACL a couple of weeks into training. So he hasn't been able to kind of showcase the, the talent that's there. And we're thrilled that he's been getting back, you know, back to full fitness, playing games with the, the second team. We've obviously had a, a terrific year and clinched the playoffs last night. Um, Gus didn't didn't work out to the same to the same level that we had hoped, and he's now with Columbus, picking up some minutes there. So that's a challenge, and we, we weren't able to replace Austin at the level that we wanted. The same could be said about Sam. You know, you're losing a U.S. international, one of the, the best, if not the best, left back in the league. You know, we've brought in, you know, we brought in a very a very talented young player in, in Lucas. Um, wasn't quite the right fit. I think on the field brought a lot of a lot of good things in particular defensively, but wasn't the right fit for us as a club. We now feel with Andrew that we've put ourselves in a good spot, but we have to do a better job of, of replacing the top talent. That's not easy, right? When you lose, you know, a 24-year-old or a 23-year-old centre back at the time who's left-footed, six foot three, and can play, you know, that that is a that is a challenge, and that's what we've got to make sure we're, we're doing. The important thing for me when it comes to this now is getting back to the fundamentals getting back to the basics of, of, of what made us good. Look, we've got a, a huge advantage here in terms of playing at altitude, and I think we've got to make sure that the game is, is, is a quick game here. We've got to make sure that the ball and play time here is at the highest level. And right now it's not, it's, it's at the lowest level. We're playing, we're playing too slow. We need to play quicker. We need to do the things that helped us win in, in 2021. Again, we've had you know, good success from an expected perspective on set pieces, but we've not taken the chances. We need to get back to that. But I do think it's very important for us to return to what made us the team we were in 19, 20, and 21, and to acknowledge the things that haven't gone so well since then and make sure that we're, we're changing those and, and, and making the adjustments that we need. So yeah, there will be changes. Everything is, is going to be looked at. We're not going to leave any stone unturned to get back to where we want to be. Yeah, I mean, look, I think it's always interesting to watch a player come in. He'd obviously been in the Palmetto squads for the last few weeks while we were talking to them and trying to finalise the deals. But because we were so involved in those negotiations, he wasn't getting minutes. So he hadn't played in a little bit, even though he was training and, and on the, the roster for, for them. So I think it's been great for him. I think when he came off at, at half time, you know, his numbers were, were good in terms of distance covered, the high intensity distance covered, which is what we expected from him. He was, uh, that was his first real go at a game setting at altitude, which is always always good to get that, you know, under your belt and, and to have that. He was excited. We were excited to see him. Um, he, he got two goals in a scrimmage on Sunday, an inter-squad scrimmage, which was, you know, again, good good for him to just get more, more minutes at, at altitude and in this environment. I think he's exactly what we hoped. 
you know he is the prototypical uh, number nine I think for this league he, he can you know he, he's goal dangerous he's constantly looking to get into the box he's constantly looking to get in good positions to finish things he can run in behind he can come to feet you can play him as a target guy because of his size and strength and he's a, just a great character as well he works incredibly hard which is something we've seen all throughout his career in Brazil and there's been no no let up in that since since he got here so incredibly excited to see it in, in MLS action but so far I think he's, he's fit in incredibly well into the group Yeah, he was a very interesting one because obviously you're talking about a, a DP. It was it was the same thing really for the player who in the end failed the the, the medical. You know, the, they are long term uh, processes. They're not things that just happen overnight. You know, and I think it's it is one of those things where you get a little bit more insight and pulling behind the or, or looking behind the curtain, so to speak. This has been in the works for a long, long time with with both the club uh, in terms of Palmeiras and then and then Navajo himself. It's something that when you're looking at the, at the potential to invest that kind of a, a transfer fee in the player you want to do as much due diligence work as you can possibly do so it's not just about the analytics it's not just about the scouting it's about actually going and trying to learn more about the player we spoke to a number of teammates of his um, one in particular who gave great insight that, that we, we knew very well and uh, that was important for us to gain a better understanding of, of exactly who he was and how we felt he would fit into the team one of the things, and sometimes it's small things that give you a sense of the player's commitment to this, but his desire to start learning English as quickly as he did was very important. You know, how much he was pushing for this and wanting to be here as well was very important. I think we're we're fortunate that you know we've we've got a good a good staff there that are quite skilled at this point in time in terms of obtaining whether it's P1 visas or or green cards etc. Moving through the immigration process that goes quite well. Um, so, you know, from start to finish with this one, it, it wasn't the easiest um, negotiations in the world. And I'll give huge credit to, to Fran and, and the scouting group. But, you know, in terms of the ability to negotiate down from from the you know the initial ask at Palmeiras and find something that worked for everybody, I think was was good. And I think this puts you know us, the player, and Palmeiras in, in the best possible position. Um, and I'm I'm very excited just to, to see him get in. Like he's. It's the, it's the best thing for us is when you go and do all the work behind the scenes and then when the player gets here it's it's exactly what what you would expect and exactly what you had hoped so now we've got to see that that work on the field as well but so far it's been it's been very good Anyone who spent time with me knows I'm not going to put a Portuguese accent on anything successfully. Like, <laughs> um, so I think there's, an, there's a strategic approach here that we take with these loan deals. Um, 
the the amount of money that we're looking to invest, whether it's in Tavares or, or Navajo, you know, it, it's it's a major commitment, and I think this speaks volumes for where the league has gone now. You know that loan deals are obviously something that are quite common in in world soccer. Uh, they may not have been as common here, but as more and more players want to come to the United States and want to play in MLS, they are easier to do. Like in the past, where there was you know the Gashi deal, the Gashi deal was set up obviously as a loan deal, and in the end he was like, no, I'm only coming if it's a permanent deal. Now you see more and more players willing to do that. I think it's very important for us because we do place such a level of importance on the character and the mentality of the individual that we want to see how they integrate with the group. They, they need to be the right fit for the club as well as just good players. So I think from that perspective, um, having having those players on loans is really important um, in terms of, to a certain extent, de-risking the investment because it is a substantial investment that we're making there. I think for, for Tavares, an incredibly athletic player, covers a ton of ground and technically excellent, you know, really excellent. And look, you don't you don't get to play any minutes in the Premier League if you do not have you know, real qualities. What we wanted to see here, uh, and I think what will ultimately determine his success, is that mentality and that drive. We want to be a team, I'm going to keep reiterating it, you know, we want to be a team that plays with urgency, with intensity, and then with boldness. I don't think the boldness is going to be an issue for him at all, but we need to see him come over here and show the level of urgency and intensity that we feel is going to be needed to get us back to where we need to get to. So if he comes in and shows that, then I think his natural talents will ensure that he's a, a really good performer in this league, and, and that's going to be critical there. For Navarro, I, I think, look, his, nobody can question his intensity and, and his urgency. You just have to watch him play at all, and you see that in, in the game film. I think for us, it's it's making sure that because that is a, you know, I think, again, it's been well publicized what the transfer fee will be on that. That would be, you know, a club record fee. So it's something we want to be very, very certain of. The best way to do that is, is to see him here, to see him in action. Like, we think he has all the attributes to be a top performer and a top number nine in this league. We now get the chance to see that over the next 12 months and make sure that, that he fits in with the group and, and succeeds. Ultimately, for a nine, it's very simple, right? It's goals. You know, we, we spoke about that in the earlier question that, you know, we, we've underperformed our expected goals number to, to a significant level this year. I believe we're top in the league in that unwanted metric, I would say. But to have a number nine who can come in and, and finish those chances and help spearhead the attack is critical. So that's what we're that's what we're looking for for there. That would be success in, in that regard. Diego and Jack, I mean, they're they're different, right? Jack, uh, Diego's back now, so Diego's going to be able to play um, in the the remaining the remaining games. Touch wood. So he's back in in good shape. He's had a few weeks since our last game, so he's able to actually get some training minutes under his belt. He got 30 minutes or 45 minutes against. Um, against Houston last week for the, the, the second team. So again, for Diego, it's it's two things, right? It's staying healthy and staying on the field and, and trying to see that, that he can get back to the form that he had last year where he was one of the most dangerous attackers in the league playing in that, what do you want to call it, attacking midfield, second striker, whatever you want to call it. But, you know, 16 goals and six assists or seven assists, like that's an incredible return and obviously something we've missed greatly this year so for him getting back on the field and showing that type of form is going to be critical Jack's a little bit different you know an Achilles injury that's a that's as, as tough an injury as you can get I, I remember talking to Connor Casey about that he he tore his as a player 
it's a tough road back, you know, it really is. But I think what we're seeing now is that more and more players come back from that in good shape. And, and I think that's a good thing. I think last year you looked at Brad Guzan, uh, Miles Robinson, there, there's a Aaron Long. Um, I know Jack Jack had a long chat with Aaron um, after the game against, against LA here where they talked about, you know, what it takes to get back. I don't know if you're going to find a more determined individual than Jack Price. You know, he is fully committed to getting back onto the field. I think one of the good things for us, um, we're going to do a, you know, an extensive medical on Jack. In many ways, this could have been, you know, there's never good timing. But Jack, obviously, last year suffered with the, the broken ribs, punctured kidney, um, had hamstring, had calf injuries, had a number of issues that he was dealing with, hip and groin as well. So this may have actually given him the opportunity for everything to kind of get a little bit of a break and, and for him to recuperate a lot of minor injuries, which people may not be as aware of, but which are you know, a real challenge for him when you play with the level of intensity that, that he plays with. So we're gonna, you know, we're gonna continue to work with Jack. Um, he's been such a big part of our success over the years here. Uh, so we'll continue to work with him and, and see where he is as we go into next season. Um, not kidding. Um, unfortunately, we're past our time there, so we'll have to wrap there. Thank you, everyone, for coming out. Thanks, everyone. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.